Me, 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 podcast, podcast number 81, talking shop podcast. What are we doing here? We're bringing on cats like Mookie Betts and uh, Hunter Pence and Joe Buck and Albert Pujols. Uh, we're bringing in World Series champs, uh, managers at the highest level, college coaches. What are we doing here, Chop? Why are we doing this podcast? We want the folks to hear from the best players in the world and coaches and announcers how important character is. And, uh, and they can hear it from us, and that's great. And they hear it from mom and dad and their local coaches, which is super powerful and super important. But when Mookie Betts says it matters how you treat a stranger, we're hoping that's going to impact the world and have a, have a positive impact. And I believe it is. What about you, Coach Bogan? I'll double down on that with character, of course. It's, it, that's the lens you got to look through uh, in a world of wins at all costs. No, it's not. It's not about that. Let's not yell at umpires. Let's not uh, yell at our teammates. Let's not... Uh, criticize or demean the, the other team. Uh, let, let's win with character and become a good father and a good mother one day and a good teacher, uh, a good citizen. Um, as uh, our pal, Coach Flicky says, a good fireman or a good police officer one day, a good server of our community. That's what we're creating. Um, and then also, how do we equip these parents that just don't know what to do? They've never been there. Uh, they, maybe they've played, maybe they hadn't. But um, uh, they don't they don't know how to sit in the bleachers and smile. Uh, they don't know how to turn that heart rate down. Uh, they get anxious in that high leverage moment. They want the best for their kid. Uh, they don't know how to push the brakes when the world is saying specialize and play uh, too many games. Uh, only do one sport. Only do one position. Uh, I say uh, P.U. That ball smells foul to that. <laughs> Um, uh, it's good to see you, brother. Uh, we, we took a week off last week as I prioritized a little something called the mancation, uh, yeah. me and me and 23 other guys for the 10th year in a row, we went to the desert of California and we, uh, Ryder cupped it. It was 12 on 12 Europe versus America. Uh, we went down day one, nine and a half to two and a half. Okay. Uh, yeah. 12 points per day. And we're down by seven after day one. Um, a little Braveheart speech the what following was the vibe? morning. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and boy, did the boys respond. Uh, we'd won four in a row. We've won seven of nine coming into this year. Um, and, and they responded so, so strong. Uh, and we, we, made it, uh, we made it close going into day three. And then we lost by one, one flipping point. Uh, America uh, got the Ryder Cup. They took the cup home. Uh, as always, the highest point getter of the winning team gets a wooden putter. Uh, so uh, boy to uh, Trent Dingleberry. Uh, he got that done. Uh, he's improved a lot. But um, to go into a, a remote place with 24 dudes and, and just, just be a man, uh, I, I, I would say to all dads, you're going to come back home uh fueled to the brim to be a dad, to be a husband, to be a coach. So uh, prioritize it. Big ups to all 24 wives uh, that said, yes, go do this thing. Uh, and that goes for the mamas as well. You got to have your own momcations. Uh, Mrs. Ballgame, uh, she she did the dirty work last week. And next week she gets to go on a cruise uh, with, uh, with her sisters, her mom, her aunts, her whole her whole family, it seems like. So mancations and momcations, uh, I say go all in on that. Uh, let it happen. So that was the mancation. 
Uh, tell me about your weekend, brother. It seems like some exciting news in uh, Arizona. Man, uh, yeah, we had a tournament this weekend. It was cool because it was local. So it was like a minute away from the house, which never had an opportunity to do that ever. Just ride your horse to the field. Man, it, that, my, the diesel, she was pumped. She's like, man, we could actually do yog. this. It's like, yeah, you could, like, you could yog it, there. A soft J. Yeah. So it's the actual, the facility that we practice at. So, uh, <laughs> So that was wonderful and we got to do it and um, we we played really inconsistent kind of the whole weekend. Um, and like uh, my coach and I were talking about like very out of character, like we take tremendous pride in kind of dominating. Yeah, what's up? Set up set up the scene, what age group, uh, what, what was this a, a multi, uh, how many teams in the tournament? Yeah, this is a, this was our, our 10U playing in an 11U. So uh, vast majority of our kids were our 10U. Since it was an 11U tournament, we supplemented with a couple of 11Us because we needed it numbers-wise. Um, and there were six or seven teams in the tournament. I think there were six. Um, so getting out there, and like I said, we prioritized playing catch, throwing strikes, putting the ball in play, and running the bases smart and aggressive. Those are the pillars of success um, that, we, that we really work hard on. Um, we're really big on like a good pregame routine and focus and controlling all the controllables and all that stuff. So came out game one, played okay. Game two got really squirrely, really quickly, dropping fly balls, which happens at the young age. But with this group, it really doesn't happen. Um, dropped a throw from third base to first base, way out of character. Um, one of our aces couldn't find the zone, completely out of character. Any um, idea where that stemmed from? Was that lack of focus, uh, tired from the night before? Could you see anything uh, into that? Yeah, our pregame routine was really bad and really weird. Um, we were doing stuff we've never done before. Um, we didn't have a ton of time in between games. Our first game ran long, so we gave them just a quick, like, hey, go grab, grab a quick bite to eat since we know the area. We knew there was stuff close. And then shoot back, try to get back 45 minutes before the next game. But usually... We're there a little bit, maybe an hour, so 15 minutes. And then the other game was running long, so then we had this time to wait. So, yeah, we got out of our routine, but then um, the boys were being boys, which was they were kind of screwing around and hitting to themselves, and it was kind of dangerous and kind of made me really nervous and just I didn't want somebody to get hit by a ball. Um, rule number one, get everyone home safe. Sure. So it, we were just doing weird stuff, and then it carried into the game. Um, the first game – we were up like nine or 12, nothing. And then that game got kind of squirrely and we gave up like four late on walks and air. So just kind of like game one ended weird game two continued. And then um, that's, you play two a day. So we, we got to go home. We ended up, we were losing, I want to say five or six to one um, in game two. Right. So started weird and got behind. And then the boys dialed in and we, we ended up winning that game like nine, six, just, they, they played sort of clean for like a couple innings. Um, and then, which was cool. It was actually fun. We were down by one with maybe 10 minutes left in the game. It was really fun to get, get a guy on steal second ground ball, get him over ground ball, score him. It was sick. You know, as coaches, we feel love that feels. stuff. Yeah. And, and they had the kids feel those feels of high leverage and kind of got to get this done. It's, it's such a good experience. And having a plan of like, hey, second and third, nobody out, get them over, get them in. Next pitch, ground ball to second, get them over, get them in. Like for us, that is like a celebration of like, that's the same as a solo home run. The scoreboard doesn't see any difference, 
between Whitey that, Herzog ball right there, dude, it was crazy. Um, it was really awesome to see. And, uh, and so we go into Sunday, which is uh, championship Sunday and you come in and it's like, all right, boys, let's try to be clean today. Let's try to be clean and um, good warm up, good routine before game one. And uh, we were super clean. I think we, we run ruled them. Uh, it w- wasn't super close, not even remarkable. I don't really remember the first game um, won that pretty handily. And then the second game, same situation, not a ton, not a ton of time in between games. Uh, the young man that I said was going to be starting, who's thrown a number of big games for us. He's a stud. Um, he was bowling in between games instead of getting warmed up. And I was like, hey, dude, we've got like f- literally five minutes before we start. And we're the one seed. We're the home team. Like you're on the bump. And he's got he's got like four or five different like awesomely named pitches that he has. Like he can do it. He's like a modern day uh, El Duque or uh, Jose Lima. It's Lima time. RIP. Um, oh. But but those are all field pitches, right? So like you can't bowl before you're going to go do that. You've got to, you've got to get feel for those. Uh, and we're playing a really good team that we hadn't played like a really good team. So I knew right out of the gate, it's like, we've got to be on or else they're going to jump on us and put on four or five quick. So um, sure enough, we, we didn't lock in. And uh, before you knew it, it was bases loaded, nobody out or one out and, not a ton of executed pitches and um, we ended up getting out of it. Uh, we gave up like one, which is totally fine. And I want to say this to coaches. This is a really important thing that they can share with their group. And the sooner kids learn this, I think the better, because I think oftentimes kids are afraid to allow one run to score and that leads to a crooked number. Hmm. So you and I were taught this when we were younger. I had some amazing youth coaches in my travel uh, organization uh, the Placentia Mustangs, who are still going strong, a nationally known program out of Placentia. Bang. Um, bang. Uh, I had Bob Spore and Mike Robertson. So they were, shout out to Bob and Mike. They were incredible. It was fun. Um, Brett Kay, who's the head coach at J. Sarah, right by you. He's won, I think, back-to-back CIF championships. He was our kind of our cornerstone, went to Cal State Fullerton, uh, played, I think, all the way up to AAA with the Mets. Um, Brett was a big deal, but 14 out of 15 of our guys played at least division one baseball. We were nice. You've got guys on the bench that are D one. So, um, we could play, but it was fun. And the thing that they always talked about is you want to avoid crooked numbers. If we allow one run, we're good chance. We're going to win that inning. We're going to come in and score two or three and win the inning and go to the next inning. This is even applicable at the highest level. If anyone wants to have some fun, go look at box scores and look at a percentage of at the major league level the team that has the most crooked numbers wins nine times out of 10. You get that one off where a team scores one every inning and the other team scores four and they lose eight to four or nine to four. But the vast majority of the time, if you avoid a crooked number, you're going to win that game. So what does that mean? Guy on third, one out. Don't stress as a coach. Don't move the infield in and tell your guys, hey, you got to come up and, and rush a throw to the plate. No, dude, collect the out. The run scores, so be it allow one run that inning and then get your guys in the dugout. And then you get that opportunity of they get one, we get three simple math multiples of three. Um, But if you try to force and allow them to have extra outs, which is what we did um, pretty much the whole weekend, Uh, Bo, who we know my, my son, he had three plays where he was trying to make a hero play instead of just collecting the out. So it was a cool opportunity to, um, to touch on that with him. 
I think that's a heart rate thing too. If you can build totally. a culture of of stay calm when you're down, or or uh, don't allow one even two runs to uh, be the end of the world, uh, then it can really set you up for success. Yeah. So we uh, we got down one nothing. No worries. The other team played brilliantly. I mean, just awesome plays. We hit the ball hard. They made plays. They had two quick shutdown innings. Uh, I mean, quick, quick. Um, like we were swinging at the first pitch and not putting it in play super hard. And they were making plays and felt like we were on the field. We couldn't even catch our breath. They put up three in the second on a dropped ball by our first baseman, which like I said, is completely out of character. And I even looked at my coach at one point under my breath. I'm not telling it to the kids. I was like, this is really out of character. Like this is with a smile on my face. This is as bad as we played in three months. Like, I mean, we've been so solid. We've talked about it on the pod. We'll go, We'll go weekends where we make one error and we made 12 or 13 errors. Uh, literally the, one of the better center fielders for his age group camped just plank on a fly ball to center, which he was distraught. Um, and he shouldn't have been storm, just a perfect yeah, snowball storm of, of yeah. just everything. And it happens. And it was one of those things where it's like, I called him in and I was after it happened. I was like, Hey dude, like you, that won't happen again for another year. Like don't, don't hang around. I go, and by the way, I dropped a pop-up in high school. Um, it happens. And Dang, so, love that. and so one of his teammates, when I said that won't happen for another year, he's like more like 10 years, that won't happen in the next decade. Like that's, you know, that's how weird it was. Um, and so get back into this game where, you know, we've talked about this. I'm taking notes, right? I'm looking for opportunities to love through the failure. You literally um, have a notepad in your back pocket. I have a I have a big binder in my in my garage that yeah I've got ten page of notes if I need them I've got another one that if I want to be focused on something else where they're at in the lineup or shifts that I can take a, an auxiliary I have a notebook and an auxiliary notebook yeah we've talked dialed. about it and you know if this is the first time you've listened to this pod uh, instead of yelling out commandments during a game uh, write it down on a little notepad and uh, discuss it later when it's more productive. Yeah. So I'm taking notes. I'm writing down the things that, you know, that we weren't doing great. That was out of character, which is totally okay. In fact, I was prepared. I was expecting because it just didn't look like they were at, we got down nine zero. It just kept getting worse. We got down nine zero. We had no, um, we had no one left really to pitch because our, one of our better pitchers the day before he had already thrown, I'm not going to risk an injury for any tournament ever. Um, he, in fact, he had told me his arm felt better on Sunday, but he told me, it, he told me that it bugged him on Saturday. So it was, it was not, I was not willing to risk his arm. So we weren't going to throw him. We're, we're down nine, nothing. Um, hang on a second. Can we pause it? Someone's Time. frantically knocking at my door. If, uh, if you're wondering why the pause, um, you had somebody knocking on your door and he said, what coach? Frantic knock at the door. I was hoping it would go away. It turns out it wasn't going away. Uh, Kurt Gibson broke out of the backyard and he was, he was taking his shot at the par four that we live on. He was, uh, first nice of all, your drive. dog's name is Kurt Gibson. Kurt Gibson had a night. They told me had a nice drive. He was a little bit left, had a decent <laughs> angle in. I had a tree in his way, but he was about to hit his approach. And I had to say, Gibby, get in there, get back over. Good boy. Uh, Love it. Right Good back. boy. Just running around the golf course, hitting shots at a boy, Gibby. Um, back to the action. We're down. I think I got all the way to down like nine, nothing. Like it all was squirrely. We were, yeah, we were out of pitching. 
Um, because I wasn't going to risk injury from uh, from one of our aces that kind of just didn't have it the day before and said his arm bugged him, even though he said it felt better. Coaches don't risk any of your kids' arms ever for a any age. In fact, I'll say that. I don't care if you're a high school coach. Don't do it. Their future is not worth whatever you think is important in the moment. Um, so wouldn't throw him. Had to go to a guy that hasn't thrown since September. Now, he's a savage. But he hasn't pitched off the mound since September. And so we really didn't know what we were going to get. It was nine to zero. I had two subs. I had one of my best players get removed from the game because uh, mom and dad didn't like his attitude and they warned him. They said, hey, if you don't knock it off, we're going to take you home. And he called their bluff. So mom and dad took him off the field and took him home. So now we've got and this is interesting. I had a decision to make at this point. We're down 9-0. Um, and it's run, it's a run rule. It's the fifth inning. There's only six innings, but eight after four, that's ballgame. Luckily, we're home, so we get one more at bat. Well, that young man had just made one of the last outs the previous inning. So if I sub for him, the sub that I put in is not going to bat, probably, because we're probably not going to get all the way back. We hadn't done anything all day. I don't think we had it. We may have had one or two hits, maybe. Uh, we had two hits, if I remember back correctly. And so I had to decide, okay, do I not let one of my guys that I love and work super hard, do I not let him get in at bat? Probably I'll have to put him, you know, in the five hole of the lineup. We're basically on six or seven, so it's not going to get back up. Um, or do I just let my two subs hit? And then when I get to that five hole, if I do, that's an out. Like there's no, I have no subs left. So that's an automatic out. So what do you do? Well, do the right thing. I'm going to let these kids bat and I don't care about Bang. the result. Um, really all of this, I thought I was leading up to, and even in my notes, when I was taking my notes about kind of what wasn't going our way, I wrote down, um, we love coaching you guys. Like we're so grateful to be your coach. And I looked for opportunities from like the third inning on anytime I had a one-on-one moment, one -on -one moment with a kid, I would stop and I'd be, Hey, do you know how much I have? I told you how much I love being your coach. I'm so thankful to be your coach. And I get these big smiles in a moment where most coaches are going to be screaming and yelling and saying, you guys are letting me down. How could you do this? And we work too hard for this. What's wrong with you guys? And kids are going to just, you're digging a hole deeper for them to feel bad. They already feel bad. I, I think that's, a, yeah, that, that, that line you just said, we've worked too hard for this. I think yeah. that's, that's kind of the excuse for a coach to, to bring that kind of tone. Totally. Right? Totally. And so I, I'm not willing to do that. Not at this age, at the, at a high school level, you, you've got to build up enough relational equity to where you might be able to bring that in, not during a game, but during a practice, you might be able to try to reset focus, but my goodness gracious, these are nine and 10 year old kids, dude, like that look up to you coach, by the way. So look, take those opportunities to love through failure and, you may be able to bring them out of it. You may not. Now, listen, that was not my intention. I didn't think if, if I start telling these kids I love them, we're going to win this game. I did not think we had any chance, you know, and love, that was totally okay. It was going to be that. It was going to be a teachable moment of me being able to talk about it after of like, hey, guys, this is why, you know, it's important to be focused. I really thought the pregame routine had a lot to do with it. And what a cool thing, because you don't grow through success. You grow through failure. So this was going to be that failure point where we hadn't lost a tournament in a long time, five or six tournaments in a row. I was like, okay, we're going to lose this tournament 
at home. This is going to be a little bit frustrating for the boys. And this is going to be really cool to be able to make sure they know I love them, but be able to say like, this is where, this is why focus matters in a good routine. And so that's where I thought I was at. And I was going to honor that. And I was going to put subs in and we lost a kid who got sent home. Mom and dad took him home. So I knew that was, if we got there, that was going to be an out, but I didn't care. So we get, we get rolling. First guy gets up rocket base hit. I mean, just a bullet base hit. All right, cool. That's cool. Sub subs in, um, draws a walk. Okay, cool. Sub draws a walk. Okay, cool. Now we've got bases loaded. Nobody out. Um, bow chop rocket base hit. Okay. Nine to one Lucas Radke rocket in the gap. Wait a second. Nine to four second and third. Nobody out. Um, Easton rocket base hit nine to six. Holy buckets. Nobody out. Um, Connor O'Shea, bullet base hit, bases loaded, nobody out, nine to six. Time. I have to walk up to the umpire of the walk of shame. Now, this is a choice because I could have just said nothing. And what are the chances the other team notices that we're batting out of order and a kid had gone home? So this is a choice that I had to make. The devil on my shoulder initially said, like, oh, you don't have to say anything. Don't mess up the momentum. They won't. They won't catch it. And even if they yeah. do, you can say, oh, it slipped your mind. That's not the right thing to do. Uh, that lacks integrity. Um, so I quickly brushed that off. I was like, no, I'm gonna, we're going to wear this, and it's going to be one out. And that's the right thing to do, and it is what it is. So I go up, call time, tell the umpire, hey, one of our kids had to go home sick. He, he had to go. Uh, he had to leave, so one out, you know. Um, and so now our momentum of 9-6, nobody out. They can't stop us. Um, I had to say one out and the umpire yells one out. And all of our kids are like, wait, what? And all the parent, everyone is like, and I'm like, guys, it's okay. It doesn't change anything. <laughs> like, let's keep rolling. Um, we ended up getting one more. So it was nine to seven. We had like six minutes left uh, in uh, for our time limit. So we were going to get to play the last inning. It's nine, seven. And uh, so, uh, and uh, side note for the young man that got sent home, um, uh, and, and he's been incredible. In fact, I told his dad this after because his dad stayed. Mom took him home. Dad stayed. And uh, I wanted to make sure he knew uh, that how much we love him and how he's had an issue with his attitude, but it's been incredible. So it's like this business trend, right? See me do it right with the camera. He's been, oh, yeah. he was here and he's been trending, but he had a tough day, but he's still, look at that gap from where he was to where he is now. It's like, he can skyrocket back up. It's all on how we handle it. I, I agreed with the decision. It's something that he can learn from, but let's not forget how much he's grown mm -hmm. um, with his attitude. He had a tough day. He had a tough moment, but he's still trending. And yep. we're super proud of all the growth that he's had. So had a really good conversation, really respect his dad, loved the kid. Um, and so, yeah, but he would have been up with the bases loaded, nobody out in a nine to six game. So it's like for our kids out there, don't let a bad moment or a bad few moments take you away from that opportunity. If someone could have told him before the game started, hey, everything's going to go wrong, but you're going to be up in the fifth inning in a nine to six game with the bases loaded, nobody out, that backyard situation that we all dream of, he would have taken that. Mm -hmm. Like you and I would take that. Oh, bet. Here we go. I'm putting a ball in the gap at a minimum. So side note there. Anyways, we we get to this to the last inning. We still need a shutdown inning from a guy that hasn't pitched since September. And <laughs> rapidly like gets a ground ball we collect the out walks a guy uh we throw him out trying to steal second he had a sick slide step to slow the runner up it was unbelievable we get the quick third out <clears throat> now we're right back in a spot where we've got uh 
the guy that I brought into a sub who, who is a savage. Um, and he leads off, draws a walk, gets on next guy, draws a walk. So we've got first and second, nobody out with Boaz coming up in a two run game. So, you know, I'm going to steal second and third. We steal. Now we have second and third, nobody out, bow chop up, bow chop just misses a Homer um, tips off the outfielders glove. That would have been a walk off three run Homer, uh, yeah. but still uh, one run scores. Bo gets to second It's second and third, nobody out. Lucas Racky hits a bullet base hit. This it's all but a formality now at this point. And next guy, Easton Cox gets a base hit. That's a walk-off guys are throwing water. I've got the video. I'll send it to you. It's crazy that the boy, the young man that had to go home, even until he might've gone to bed that night and mom and dad didn't tell him. So he's thinking that was one of the worst days ever for our team. And for him, we, we found a way to come back and stay positive and stay together and just completely took momentum. It was, it was something that the boys will never forget. The parents will never forget. Us as coaches will never forget. And I told the boys after the game, and I told them at practice last night, um, congratulations on knowing that you now officially have a superpower. Because once you do that one time against a really good team down 9-0 in the, basically the last inning, fifth inning, sixth, like you can do that now. Like once you know you can do it, you know that. And so there is no amount that you can't come back from. Baseball is not basketball or football. If you're down by 20 runs or 20 points with 30 seconds left, you might as well try to get up a trick shot because the game's over. Yep. Baseball, it's never over. And so never, over. Uh, never was, give up belief. You're always in it. It was really cool. Um, I have a few questions to kind of um, unpack this. Uh, let's start with the other side. When the other side, the coaches, the team, the fans, they started to realize it was unraveling. Did you notice any specifics? Did you notice anything that that uh, helped that snowball uh, go faster down the hill? Or were they uh, were they reacting in a in a positive way as well? It just didn't work out. Yeah, I think I think it was a little bit of. Uh, I thought they did a fine job. In fact, the, that coach and I spoke, um, and he brought up the fact that he, he, I think he gets it. In fact, they were ripping out of boys. So uh, um, I think that they, yeah, yeah. And so I didn't see yelling and screaming. um, And he did, he texted me after and was like, Hey dude, you guys did awesome. Uh, And he touched on it with his boys that the only thing he was a little bit disappointed was that they couldn't, you know, stop the bleeding, so to speak, uh, which Mm -hmm. is just a skill of something that they'll learn, especially with the coach that gets it, which I believe he does that, they will get to that point and in, in getting in these situations. I always tell our boys, even when it doesn't go our way of like, cause we've blown leads. We we've the other teams came back and beat us. And it's like, Hey guys, good on that team. Like that's a cool moment they got to experience. And we put pressure on them and they responded like, that's, that's a cool moment for them. So like, yeah, you can be upset, but don't forget that you forced another team to bind together and have a great moment. So yeah. we get a little bit of credit in this too. Um, and that's just a way for me to soften that blow to our kids of like, we're going to be on the other side of this. This is how baseball works. It's a momentum thing. We'll work on slowing the game down, but don't forget that that other group right there had a special moment because of the pressure that you put on them. So give them credit and be proud of them. And the power of getting punched in the gut, uh, you know, and, and really just getting, getting your Christmas, uh, presents taken from you right, right in front of your eyes. It's powerful, really hurts in the moment, takes a day or two. 
but it's happened in my my daughter's dance community where you know they're the highly touted uh, dance team and they get beat by somebody they didn't expect to and the power of that uh, it, it, they're gonna they're gonna have this edge the next time they take the stage you know okay. so as a coach um, good on that coach for seeing that and realizing that and uh, you know really take stock of your kids countenance in those moments uh, that pitcher that walked two guys uh, in the last inning like take stock in that countenance make a note of it and see uh, if you can improve on that kid's heart rate on that kid's ability to respond a little quicker the next time cool thing about that is um, we spoke after that young man who's one of the best players I've ever seen uh, at his age we were in an 11 you he's a 10 you young man his name is Bryce he uh they're gonna start playing with us so so that coach which this is what happened to me growing up I would play I played against the Placentia Mustangs they approached me after the game of like hey would you want to come play with us when your season's done with your other group so um this young man plays up normally but his dad thinks it's important for him to play his age group and so we have an, an, an excellent tenue um and and so he's going to start playing with us. So it's going to be fun for us to be able to pour into him and um, undoubtedly be able to help in what you just said of being able to slow it down and breathe. And don't don't put added pressure on your players, coaches. Mm -hmm. Not saying that they did that. I don't believe they did. But these young men, just like we did as when we were young or even adults uh, in professional baseball, we put enough pressure on ourselves. We do not need an adult who's supposed to be in our corner turning the heat up even more. That is not our job. You can do that in practice. In game, you have got to be that pressure relief valve for your players. You have to be. You, and that means you have to have relational equity so you know what makes them tick. You know what can put a smile on their face. You know their favorite candy. You know the joke. You know what. You know the look that you need to give them uh, or the key word to calm them down. Shoot, I just learned this with, with Bo the other day. I was like, hey, Bo, what do you like to hear when you're in the box when I'm coaching third? Is there yeah. anything I say that you like, or is there anything I say that you don't like? And, yeah. and you know, and that's my own son who we are best friends. Duke Baxter both, talked about that on our pod. What kind of fan do you want me to be for you yeah. in those moments? Yeah. And I'm the coach. So it's like even more important than a fan. Cause it's like, all right, how do I make my own son feel better? You know, feel mm -hmm. less pressure, feel confident but to have a keyword that can help him because the thing with Bo and Bo probably hits 800 uh every tournament like it's crazy um but there are times when he's not in his legs so what we came up with that he's cool with is just hey stay athletic be athletic throughout and that gets him in his legs and once you see him get in this like he's guarding someone on a basketball court stance in his baseball stance it's over it's going to be solid contact um, and so I like yeah, that. So. I, to steal that one, coaches. That's a good one. Really helped me uh, a lot in different sports. Just a coach saying, "Be an athlete." Yeah. Uh, even in even in the game of golf, you know, was, I've got a tough chip, and uh, I've got a caddy that'll say, "Hey, be an athlete." It really, really puts the kid uh, takes him out of their own head, takes him out of this specific moment uh, into more of a general state of athleticism. A lot easier to uh to to play in a big moment from there it's funny that you say that about golf because one of my buddies says that all the time to me if i'm if it's getting sideways he's like don't forget you're a big strong athlete yeah you, right it, it yeah. helps for all of us and we already know that but we still need to be reminded so how much more is it important for our kids 
I love it. Uh, well, to put a button on this, you know, what what kind of culture that did you start with uh, on practice number one, and you've uh, built up relational equity with the parents, with the coaches, with the players from that starting point to uh, to this weekend that you think got you to that place where you were able the magic of of a ten run comeback. Unbelievable, dude. Uh, we'll never forget it. That's the fun thing. We were talking about it last night as a group. I was like, is anyone else still on cloud nine from the day before <laughs> from Sunday? Like I had the best day today just because like, that was crazy. That was less than a 1%. Cause it wasn't like that game might as well have been 60 to zero yep. from what we were doing, you know? And so um, I think it's what we've been focused on for some years now. And this is even my high school group of we're rooted in love and respect for each other we are rooted in it. And so that doesn't mean you don't have accountability. You do, uh, but you do it the right way. And so when you're rooted in love and respect, when you're frustrated, there was one point I've never used this word on a baseball field. Um, when it was going, when it wasn't going great, bows it short. And uh, I put on a, an inside move. So the way we do our inside move, it's a verbal, uh, we teach the pitchers to come set looking at home. We're painting a picture for the opponent. We're trying to basically sell them a bill of goods. And the bill of goods is I tell my middle infielders, hey, clear out of there. Hey, you guys, hey, clear out of there. Stay home. We're not worried about that runner. There's two outs, guy on second. Hey, pitcher, uh, coach ball game, focus on the hitter. Like all your focus is right here. Not worried about that. You just focus there. So we're selling a bill of goods. So the pitcher comes set. A lot of times we know kids, everything speeds up for them. So I tell them to take two deep rescue breaths. While they're looking at home, that gives them the timing we need. While they're breathing, not looking at second, the third base coach is saying, open, okay, 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 no one around because we've cleared out. And after the second rescue breath, hit the balance point, let it carry over, clear the rubber. Now you're an infielder. Nine times out of 10, we just throw the kid out at third. Um, and this uh, works. I, I love it. I want to I want to pause there. This is very inside baseball, but um, uh, I, I think I have the best inside move of all time. And you've got to set up the players and you'll have to go to the YouTube if you want to watch this folks, but uh, you've set up the, the runners on second all day long, whether you get your sign, you get your first look at the runner, you look back at the catcher's mitt, then you take that second look at the runner. And as soon as you lift your leg, you look to home. I love it. So as soon as that front leg lifts, the neck goes from the, the runner on second to home. And you set that up as a pitch all game long. Then fourth, fifth inning, same thing. First look there, back at home. There's that second look there. And then as soon as it lifts, you turn, he's gone. And oh, yeah. you've got the inside move. It works 78% of the time, every time. Every time. So, that was there you that go. was how uh I pick kids. I would pick off two kids a game uh in high school, like average two a game, and it was on my head. So yep. I would come set looking at, looking at the guy, the whole game. And I would lift my leg, look, go to home. I would come set looking at, at home. And that's when I would pick and I would sell that bill of goods to the first base coach and the runner. And then when I needed it, I would go here, lift my leg, look to home and then can them. And it worked to your point. You're just setting guys up with your head. It's, mm -hmm. You're exactly right. I love that. I love that move. Forgot about it. Picked a guy off in college like that. Uh, had it, to. It's a, a great, great move. But uh, the culture you've built step by step, uh, it was great to see. I, I loved hearing that story. And we were able to kind of unpack 
each segment there. And um, I want to tell you the word lessons. Yeah. I want to tell you the word that I use because I've never used this word on a baseball field. So we've set up the inside move. Yeah. Our fielders are cleared out. Our pitcher is doing his yoga breathing, right? Not looking two deep breaths. The coach is okay. 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 Open. He's in the middle of his second breath and Bo, my baby doll, my son yells, step off. <laughs> so like we sold it, they bought it. And all we had to do is inside move and can the guy and no, no, Bo yells, step off. So our pitcher steps off and we don't get the guy. And I look at Bo, I'm like, Boaz, that was, our, that was our pick play. I'm not mad. It's just unsettling. I use the word unsettling. I'm like, it's just unsettling. That we, so we good. had it. We had it set we, up and then, we had it. and then it was unsettled. And that was the thing of like, kind of like a snapshot of the whole weekend of like, we just yeah. did interesting things. And, but, but like how many other coaches would have flown off the handle in that? Oh, yeah. And, and I so love, what a great word, unsettling. When you're unsettling about to fly off the handle with a cuss word coaches, yes. just yeah. go with, well, that was unsettling. That was uns <laughs> it was just a little unsettling. And the third base coach laughed at me and it was like, I, I don't know. I, I'm not going to yell and scream at our babies, but like, man, this is, this is That's interesting. Yeah, well, the, I, I think the, the theme and maybe the title of this episode, love through failure, uh, a lot of failure that, that you're able to love through uh, and that other coach too. Uh, big props to him for, uh, for building oh. a culture of attaboys over there and, and looking at the big picture of things. Um, uh, Stop number two uh, for us today on topics. It came from my boots on the ground in Greenville, North Carolina. Uh, Coach Chris, we ran a great sandlot there uh, near East Carolina University. Uh, we, if you watch the Super Bowl this weekend, you're going to see a, um, a special commercial uh, about a young man named Parker Bird. Uh, Parker Bird, a highly recruited baseball player, uh, faced a life-altering challenge when he lost his right leg below the knee in a tubing accident in July of 2022, just months before embarking on his freshman year at ECU, East Carolina University. Undeterred by adversity, uh, Bird courageously pursues his dream of playing Division I baseball, being the first and only to play D1 baseball with a prosthetic leg. Uh, he, the, the season begins in a few weeks. He's been practicing with the team, scrimmaging with the team, and uh, to the point where there's a Super Bowl spot uh, in his honor for, for the way he was able to respond just, just a year and a half ago with this terrible accident. So uh, keep your eyes on ECU and a big attaboy to Parker Bird. I mean, what a, um, uh, what a story, man. What an inspiration. And uh, to, to be able to be there this past September uh, and kind of feel the community vibes, uh, it, it, it makes sense. It makes sense that, uh, that a kid from that community would respond in the way it did. So uh, just a great story, man. And if, and if he had a victim mentality, he would be, he would, he, we would not know his name. And right. so for us going through life, when stuff doesn't go our way, look to be the hero. Don't look to be the victim. Look to be the one that can overcome and inspire. That's an, an awesome story. I can't wait to see the the commercial. And that is an absolute inspiration for all Absolutely. of us. Look, look for the positive. People think positive thinking is hokey, but it's not. If you're looking, actively looking for an, a positive, you'll be able to find it. And then you can go on to the next moment until the clouds clear and the sun comes out. If you're looking for a negative you might as well live in Seattle. Nothing against Seattle, but the clouds aren't going away. 
I'm going to attach that link uh, in in this uh, Spotify bio and and in the YouTube, so you'll be able to click on that and read that story. Um, I posed some questions to some fans on Instagram yeah. last night. What are some topics? So uh, that's a tease. We usually do one tease per uh, per round here. Uh, we've got seven good questions from seven loyal listeners um, uh, that will hit. Uh, I did want to break down my 2024 schedule. I've, I've got my MLB schedule. It's been released. And um, we're setting up 40 uh, sandlots around the nation. Uh, last so, year we did 52. We're going to squeeze that down to 40. Uh, try and get a bunch of kids at each of these 40 locations. Hopefully you and the Flick Money can join us for, I don't know, uh, a percentage of those. That would be great. But with MLB, uh, it starts April 1st. Uh, no fooling at the White House. Uh, we'll go White House again. That's year two uh, for the Easter egg roll. Uh, then we go to New York City. This will be a cool one where it's uh, at MLB Network. Uh, it's bring your kid to work day. Love so all the, all the folks that work at the MLB Network, we're going to do a sandlot in the parking lot, I believe. That'll be April 25. Uh, then out here in Indio for a Boys and Girls Club event, um uh may 4th and then to london we crank up june with london uh, i'll head over there across the pond first time there uh hopefully i'll do a, an attaboy challenge with those buckingham palace uh guards uh, or at least a staring contest at the very gotcha. least would love that so that's london play ball weekend most likely we'll be out here angels uh padres dodgers uh i'll, I'll cruise around southern california Number six, Birmingham, Alabama. This is a big one. Uh, Fox is going to broadcast the game Giants-Cardinals at Rickwood Field, baby. Uh, the oldest uh, living stadium uh, uh, definitely in the South. And boy, oh boy, is their history there. So that's Birmingham June 18 uh, for Juneteenth. All-Star game in Arlington. Let's go. Cooperstown right after that. Little League World Series. Hard to believe it's my first time to Williamsport, PA. Uh, so we'll run a play ball camp there. And then the World Series, my guess, will be in Chicago. Uh, let's go, Cubbies. Bring Sorry. it. Uh, so 10 stops with MLB. Very thankful to uh, be partnered up with them and, and, and running camps. It seems like they, uh, they've, they, they, they like the tune that I'm singing. They gave me the shout out over the World Series this past year. Uh, and um, I think I've had the opportunity to show what I can do in front of a bunch of kids and they dig it. So um, I'm, I'm proud of what we did in 23 and uh, on to bigger and better in 24. Uh, we've got five dates uh, already solidified for the National Sandlot Tour, five dates down, 35 to go. Uh, March 27, Simi Valley, baby. Uh, can you believe it? The Sandlot Tour hits Los Angeles for the first time. So that's March 27. I'll be in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, with Coach Matt, who a uh, friend of the pod, he's been on this pod. Uh, that's May 3rd. You got Buffalo, New York, uh, July 17. That's wedged right in between the All-Star Game and Cooperstown. Uh, Orchard Park, let's go. Uh, and then up to Washington in August. I got Snohomish and Wenatchee. Uh, for all you boots on the ground out there, folks that want to uh, get the sandlot into your town, uh, reach out over email. We've created a Google form now where you can uh, you can fill out all the specifics. Uh, but there's there's 35 cities we haven't 
locked in yet. And um, we're really going to prioritize towns where uh, the, the league can get behind it and say, you know what, this is incredibly valuable for all of our coaches and parents. This is a traveling coaches clinic more than anything. Um, let's let's make sure this happens. So uh, that's the goal. Um, and, and I'll be dropping more dates as, as we lock it in. So, uh, that, that's 2024 for me, brother. Uh, very excited for all of that. Before we get to our, our fan questions, uh, anything else on your end? No, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm excited for you. I, I understand that, uh, major league baseball understands good entertainment and growing the game. So it doesn't shock me that they uh, love what you're doing because anyone that sees it loves it. So thankful to be your partner in crime and uh, very proud of you, dude. It's awesome. boy. Um, question number one, uh, comes from, uh, a fan, uh, with the, uh, with the name ocean velocity on Dope. Instagram which I mean, that's dialed in. I, so, I have no idea what that means, but I like it. Uh, talk more about how to build character in youth athletes. Talk more about it. Well, we, we definitely unpacked a little bit of it uh, in that story. Uh, I'll lead off there. I think it's just got to be a priority. If you look through a lens where that's prioritized, you're going to be very sensitive to any bullying uh, you're going to be sensitive to any kids that feel overwhelmed or out of place. Um, be yeah, become sensitive to it by prioritizing it. That's what I'd say. Love it and show it. So you've got coaches that'll say it and and look for it and prioritize it, but they won't show it. And so character is when there's a really bad call, you still operate with respect. Um, and if you do step out of character, you go make it right. And, uh, and you make sure the kids know like, okay, I was, I was wrong in that moment. This is what I did to correct it. And I'm not perfect. And it's okay to admit when you're wrong. Um, but yeah, prioritize it and then show it. Watch, uh, they watch what you do more than they actually hear what you say. Um, so, uh, lead by example there from mumbles 56. Hey mumbles, uh, dealing with, uh, and correcting bad attitudes which you ran into a little bit this weekend. Uh, it's very common. Um, but uh, let's start with you there on, on you see a bad attitude. Um, where, where do you start? So we got to have relational equity. We have to know our kids. So if the bad attitude is out of character, either way, I would start with it. You want to see if you can get to the root of it. Like, hey, what, what's up? Like, are, are you okay? What Did it, something happen today? Um, do you want to be here? And so you want to kind of address, if you can, kind of what the root cause is. If it has to do with when they're not having success, which is what it was for my young man that had to go home. And I've told his parents this a million times. In fact, I've told the young man this a million times. And coaches, we've talked about this on the pod. That's just them not knowing how to channel their passion. That's mm -hmm. them not knowing how to put their give a crud in the right direction to fuel them instead it becomes a deterrent so know that the will kid mature into a good quality dude uh, yeah. caring yeah give me the kid who most people see has a bad attitude and i will be i will spend all of my energy throughout the course of however long the good lord gives me the opportunity to coach this young man to help him learn how to channel it and i will be patient and i will speak calmly and i will make sure he knows he is loved even when he screws up yeah, I think that's a great place to look. I think the majority of bad attitudes stem from that. Just the performance is bad. 
so look through that lens of when it matures, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a great quality and they're, they're going to be tough to, they're going to be a grinder and, and, and tough to keep down. Um, uh, I would also, uh, say that, that, that bad attitudes, there is, there's a story behind it. So, uh, slowly and carefully getting to the bottom of it, uh, with that, with that trust that you've built with them, um, you, a lot of times as a young coach, when I saw a bad attitude, I just went to the, well, they're not doing what I'm saying to do. Uh, I'm not in control here. And I would go to this place of anger or passive aggressive. Uh, I've learned it, there, there's a reason. There is something going on deep within that kid. Who knows what it could be, what kind of year they've had, what's going on at home. Uh, but come from that place of uh, it's a good quality when it matures. And then what's the story underneath all of this? I like um, yeah, get to the bottom of the story. From Aaron, uh, Aaron specializing at a young age. Uh, baseball seems to be the one sport where you can't keep up unless you specialize. Thoughts uh, and tips. Uh, I'll start with uh, our friend Jeff Rancor, who was just on the pod. Go listen to his latest podcast with uh, Matt Olson. Matt Olson. Uh, an incredible first baseman, maybe one of the best in the game, right there with Freddie Freeman. Uh, he talks on this, uh, and and I, I would say say go listen to that. Uh, what do you got for the specialization movement in in baseball? I think your kid's going to be as good as he's supposed to be. Um, now, with that said, is there space for private lessons? And if you're fortunate enough and you can afford that, yeah, sure. But like doing stuff at a crazy young age. It doesn't make a ton of sense. Ton of, ton of sense. Now, does that mean that your kid won't be as consistent as they could be at a young age? Yeah, absolutely. That does mean that. But you're sacrificing consistency at a young age for burnout when they get older, and that is the that is the trade off. So, yeah, dude, do you want your kid to be the best eight year old in the history of the world? It's possible. You can do that, but you can spend all your money, resources, time, energy, effort in that to a kid who when he turns 13 or 14 doesn't want to play anymore because you sucked all the joy out of it for him. So thank goodness the Jeff Francoeurs and the Matt Olsons and the Mookie Betts and the Mike Trouts are speaking up on this topic yeah. uh, and, and are, are letting families know, don't drink the Kool-Aid. Yes, it's extremely popular, but it doesn't make it right. It's not right. Create a great athlete. Uh, Greg Maddox pitched 20 games a year. Uh, while playing other sports as well. Like this is long game stuff here. And I love the way you put it. Uh, they'll be as good as they uh, are supposed to be. Uh, and and I would argue they're going to be way better when it matters, when the college coaches start coming to the games, if they've played other sports and if they are an athlete. Um, create a good give credit. I got to give credit to Bill Hasselman for that. Hass, uh, who coached third last year for the Angels, I, I believe. Uh, yeah. big ex big leaguer. And he taught me that with, uh, his son went to UCLA and I was like, how hard did you coach him when he was young? He's like, dude, he was going to be at UCLA, whether I was tough on him or not. So just make sure that your kid has fond memories of when you were out on the baseball field with him, dad. Parents Great sniff advice. it out. Parents sniff, be sensitive and sniff out that coach. That's all about the win or all about themselves and not about, well, no, Let, let's allow that kid to, he, he doesn't have to play this game. He's got a soccer tournament he needs to go play in, or he, he's he got other things in his life he needs to to do. Uh, you know, if, if 
you've got a coach that that is all about winning uh, trophies at that young age, that 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 there's that should be a bad that should be a red flag right, right away. Um, okay, the uh, Troy Troy, thanks for uh, asking this question. Best way to teach kids coach pitch uh, concept of force outs. So this is I'm thinking age six to six, seven, eight years old. Um, you've got kids uh, doing coach pitch, maybe even five years old. Uh, just the concept of force outs. And, and I would argue uh, just at that age, uh, any out, uh, uh, whether it's first base, second base, third base, uh, I'll start here. Just create competitions within your practices uh, where it's small groups. So you've got a group doing batting in, in one part of the field. You've got a group doing fly balls in another part of the field. And then you've got a, a small group of four or five uh, in the infield. And you're allowing these kids to, um, in, in a small group setting and in a very pressure-free setting, uh, create competitions where uh, if, if, uh, if you know where, which base to cover when I hit this ball, uh, you get a baseball card or you get a point. Uh, and then rotate them all around. You got a first baseman, a second baseman, a shortstop, third base. Um, create those fun competitions, but it, crawl before you walk. Uh, lower the expectations for that age group. Uh, and I think if you if you don't make it life or death, and you make it fun with a competition, uh, positive reinforcement, they'll learn it faster. Well, you got yeah, uh, I agree. I like what Jeff Francois said last week, where Frenchie said. No matter what the where the runner is, we still execute the play. I think yeah. that's cool because you're teaching the kid, like, all right, nobody on. We're throwing to first no matter what. You feel the ball, set your feet and throw it to first. Don't care where the runner is. I like that. Um, I like a key word. Uh for us, we don't do it for force plays, but we do it for opportunities where we could potentially uh get a runner who makes a bad read. So if there's a runner on second and the ground ball's in front of them, our team name is the pups. So we just say looking for a pup before the play happens. And then when it, ha and we practice this, but when it happens in game, it's just anyone that sees it can yell pop, pop, pop. And we'll know right away, we're going to fire to third. Um, so you can have that. We also use that for like a hard pump fake, that slow roller, the shortstop comes in to field it, doesn't have a play at first, but there's a runner on second, pop, 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 hard pump fake, spin fire to third. So just second semester stuff with that, but you can use that with a force play of like, Hey, runner on first, we're looking for a pup at second, looking for a pup and have that ingrained in practice there's a good video um on youtube where it's i think it's team usa's coach where he's got four or five of his girls at third and four or five at second and it's two groups of four and he's just hitting them like short fungos and they're fielding it coming up firing to second staying athletic throughout but yeah have those drills and you can tell hey this we're looking for that puppet second or whatever your team name is or whatever buzzword you like but kids they retain like oh yeah pup is that play there so i, I love that Love the keyword. If you if you're talking three four year olds in T ball, um, I, I haven't found many uh, three or four year olds that that can understand. Okay, balls hit to shortstop. I need to cover first. Yeah, no. So at that age, just get them fielding a ball and throwing it back to the coach, just so they that that gets in their mind. Okay, they've got to get this ball, uh, and and not all, and not everybody converge to it, but everybody stay in their area. And once you get that ball, you've got to throw it somewhere. So. Um, uh, crawl, crawl before hey, you walk. And, at, and as you get older, so not three, four, but maybe that five, six, teaching them that every base has to be covered on every play. Mm -hmm. So you're playing third base, ground ball to second. You go to third. You cover your base. You're 
you're playing short ground ball to second. And if they just get in a habit of on every play, I have somewhere to be. And they learn that they're not just watching ever. Yeah. If they ever find themselves standing in their position, they're in the wrong spot. And you might have some kids that are that playing short and he just runs to third with a third base. It's like, Oh, Hey dude, I love that. You were going somewhere, but we want you to go to second. So if you can teach them every time the ball's hit, there's somewhere to be, be a superstar and get there fast, like flash. Guess what else is going to happen? Baseball's not boring. Yeah. I get to get to a base super fast. And so like you can take yep. away that boring uh, real quick. And stay away from outfielders until kids are actually hitting it into the outfield. Yeah. Uh, as, as much as you can have 4v4 or 5v5, uh, obviously the games are probably going to be 8 on 8 or 9 on 9. Um, and, and that's just the... Uh, that that's just the tough truth of it. But I think, I think little league uh, T ball should be five versus five where there are no outfielders. Uh, and, and then you really have a lot of action, a lot more movement. Uh, that's, that's, that's my opinion. I agree. Um, how do you effectively communicate loading and coiling uh, to kids 12 and under? So uh, the baseball knowledge here uh, as a pitcher is, as they're loading up to release the pitch, how can we teach our uh, our young hitters, 12 and under, how to get their bodies ready uh, to attack the ball? Uh, how, how are you teaching your, your 10 U's? Well, I wanted to be on time, so I want an early and smooth load. And some guys are going to pick up that coil faster than others. Um, they can just sit into their back glute if they can get that feel of upper body doesn't do anything rotationally, but that lower half, they can kind of sink into their i'm a lefty so my left glute or you can say butt cheek kids laugh at that i think it's funny mm -hmm. so you and then they're engaged butt cheek on them. Yeah. yeah exactly and you're talking their language uh, but have them sit down in there and then um the biggest thing though for me the coil thing some kids are going to get that some kids aren't focus on being on time make sure they're on time make sure when the pitcher starts going at them they're smoothly going back at the pitcher not forward but just with rhythm you can teach a reverse c with their hands you can teach a little leg kick depending on the kid you can teach just getting nice and wide and just having just a little rhythm back and then getting ready to hit off this difference you got to know your player um but the key is to be on time most hitters at a young age are just late and so coaches see like, oh, they're dropping their hands. It's like, yeah, but it's because they're late. They're rushing to the baseball because they didn't leave work or home on time to get to work on time. So they're running red lights and doing all kind of weird stuff instead of leaving early, going through the drive through getting your Starbucks coffee you like to get if you're back on coffee and just having time. So have rhythm, have time. Um, and I will say this too, since we're talking loading, don't let a kid load early quick because I have a guy right now who's a really good hitter, but he's in a stance. He loads quick and stops. That's the same as being late. You've lost yep. rhythm. So teach them once they start moving, they never stop moving. They go right into their swing. So it's yep. the swing starts with their load and it and it's continuous motion. Yeah. Yeah. Quiet rhythm, quiet rhythm. Uh, it, 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 can you, can you teach this butt cheek uh, to get, get a little bit of dynamite? without moving your head uh, and and keeping that front foot pretty quiet. I think that's that's pretty uh, – you're not going to get any Shohei's uh, or any of those big leg kicks uh, until later down the road when they've played a lot of basketball games and football games and, and they're the, the muscle, uh, you know, the motor skills are there. Um, that reminds me, I want to get my buddy 
uh, from Wisconsin, Coach Dr. Hitting. Uh, he's got a ton of followers, and he's all about uh, hitting instruction for different ages. So uh, we'll, we'll have an inside baseball all about hitting pod uh, with Dr. Shout out. Final one is from my boots on the ground in New Orleans. Uh, attaboy, Coach uh, Coach Nathan. How to deal with the dads that want to make it too serious? Um, I, 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 you see this more than me uh, playing competitive baseball, um, and we've talked about it in at length on this pod. But uh, how do you deal with those dads? Conversations, set expectations. Uh, I'm lucky because I have this pod, so most of my dads have listened to it, do listen to it, or followers, some are Patreons, um, and th they've expressed how much it's changed how they look at it. Um, but you're going to set the tone as the coach, and uh, and you're going to show your moms and dads kind of what you expect because that's how you do it. Um, if you got to have a conversation, do it one-on-one -on -one and let them know. Um, but like for me, it's going back to everything's rooted in love and respect. I have so much love and respect for my parents. Um, that when they do mess up, just like I mess up, we, it's a, it's a soft landing for all of us. It's a soft landing of like, Hey dude, yeah, you messed up. I love you. It's okay. We're going to try not to do that again. If it happens again, we'll have this exact same talk. Um, but that's based on the standards that we've set for our club or our team of like, we, we're not going to be toxic. We're going to be loving and no, we're not going to be perfect, but we're going to strive to be perfect in our character. We're going to strive to be perfect in our patience. And it's just love for a kid. A dad that's trying to be hard on his kid loves his kid. So you've got to teach them that, hey, dude, that's, you're trying to show love, but this is how it's coming off. Yeah. Um, I, I could uh, maybe think of it as as you're dating. You're trying to date the, this gal. And uh, you, you don't want to come on too strong, too fast. But you do want to somehow explain to them that you're, you're you're a good person you're cool you're fun to be with um when you run into that parent you can't come strong and other them as coach flicky says oh you're an other uh bye-bye uh come from a place of empathy uh there there's a reason for it there's a reason they're coming from that place uh maybe some trauma maybe some anxiety uh but build trust with that guy uh and 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 as uh nick hunley said how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time one day at a time try to explain to them the science is here that kid's gonna perform better uh when they're that they know that this isn't life or death when it's not as serious and if you are um uh, positively reinforcing all the skills um hey love the footwork now let's talk about the hands love your smile now let's talk about your approach uh positively reinforce that and then um reward character again uh, it comes back to the beginning uh when you're rewarding the character uh, then the kids uh that's that's where their priority is and and they're going to show up a little bit early stay a little bit late and the parents pick up on that vibe and uh and and their character changes so you want to know um, uh, yeah. yeah this is a, sort of off topic but it, it jumped into my mind as coaches you want to create an environment at practice where your kids love to go and hate to leave yeah right mm, where it. where it's like dude i cannot wait to go to practice almost every practice that we have 99.9 .9, my kids when it's time to go are like what it's already over that's that's your feedback from your kids that 
you have a good fast paced practice. It's engaging. It's fun. It's not boring. They're moving around. You're, you're dealing with the ADHD that we all have of like, sure. they're able to focus and it goes by fast. Yeah. Um, so if you don't get that feedback from your players, coaches, look, ask your kids, Hey, what do you guys like doing? Like you, like you taught me. That's why my camps have evolved is because of you coach ball game. You're like, dude, yeah, all this stuff's important. Do less of it because the kids want to play. So Honored. like you've changed me and I've coached camps for close to 30 years now. Well, I, uh, it, it works both ways. This is a two way street and make that car ride home. Uh, something they look forward to as well. Parents. Um, finally, uh, it's it's a lot been a long time coming, but on March 20th, uh, which is just over a month away, the Coach Ball Game Beginner Playbook. Uh, it's an online course. It's going to be a live Zoom. It's going to be three straight days of it, uh, two-hour sessions. Uh, you, you'll see more of it uh, coming down the pike on social medias as we promote it. But um, it's it's going to be a lot of what we talk about on this podcast. But it's really going to break down. Uh, you as that beginner coach, uh, the psychology of it, how do you run effective practices, teach these kids to want to come back and love the game more, um, tricks to the trade of, of, of teaching skills and, and building character. And uh, Chopper, I'd love to have you on for one of these sessions where you can be a, a nice sounding board and uh, and uh, uh, I can I can throw it to you occasionally on these live Zooms that will be recorded if you can't attend the, the lives. But uh, I do see some spotlight courses uh, where it's just you, Chopper, uh, teaching these parents uh, how to uh, how, to, how do you teach a 12-year-old to pitch? Uh, how do you run an effective high school practice? Same for Flicky, uh, you know, where you guys have these spotlight courses uh, where people have a place to go uh, and, and a PDF to read of, okay, I've never played the game, and now here's 12, 7-year-olds. What do I do? Um, well, That's during my birthday, so... Coming. I was going to say that's March 21st is my birthday. So you, I'm in at a minimum. I'm in on the 21st, but I'll be there. You need me. I'm in. I'll be there all three. If you need me, my guy. Uh, you're the man. I love it. And, um, uh, you know, to those of you that, that think that might be helpful for you, spread the word uh, as that is happening. And, and uh, it should have happened a long time ago, but here we are. Uh, uh, we're motivated to do it. Um, I want to give a, a big shout out to Coach Queso. Uh, she has come on uh, and, and partnered with us and, and really gotten us organized, helped me and Mrs. Ballgame uh, get this digital course off the ground uh, and, and just, you know, dial us in as our fractional COO. So an add a girl to her um, and, and, and an add a boy to you, buddy. Appreciate, uh, appreciate this hour. Let's do it again next week. I'm in. Dark Boxer. Bye. Bye. Bye.